Previously on Vengeance. Horatia, who is the leader of the Thieves Guild. If you can get into that museum and open the stone and bring the diamond back to me, I'll give you your rapier back to you. So I'm going to open up the stone. Okay. Light shoots out of the corner of the stone all over the walls and out the doors. And then you hear a sort of slithering sound behind you. Knew it. The bas relief of the fiend, which seems to have animated and is uh, slithering tentacles down onto the floor. Like ants pouring out of the diorama are tiny figures. I've always wanted to try acupuncture. The sundial moves into the room, hovering. The empty necromancer's robes and the two halves of a vivisected abomination struggling towards you. The printing press on its wheeled platform <laughs> pulls itself into the hallway uh, and points at you with a gloved hand. I'm just going to put the bracers off. (laughs) The shadow drops away from this person. You see Horatia. They are mine to get, they are mine to deliver, and I will not fail. She succeeds in ripping these away from you, and she is going to book it. I'm going to drop my mace to the floor, reach out a hand, halt. Horatia is going to reach to her side, throw aside a cloth, and hold up. The rapier, everyone but Palfrey, you are overcome with uh, lust for it. You absolutely must have this. Uh, And mechanically, uh, you are only able to take actions on your turn toward the goal of getting this rapier. Mm. Rapier has all of our cool stuff. (laughs) It's disappointing. Yeah, so everybody but Palfrey is affected by the charm, the thrall of the uh, rapier. And so on your turns, I'm not going to take your turns for you, but on your turns, you you have to pursue this rapier. Like, that's all you are able to do until you uh, get over this thrall. And so that means uh, you're moving toward it. You're attacking anyone who stuck tries to stop you from getting it, anyone who's holding it that isn't you. <laughs> um, so that is like all you can do on your turn. Um, yeah. Do we make a wisdom save at the end of our turn to try and break out of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I want so badly for them to replace that gold disc that tells like extraterrestrials where we are and what humans are to be replaced with a recording of the description of this fight. <laughs> I want that to be intelligence life's like first experience of the human race. <laughs> so the printing press is going to attack you in the hallway. <laughs> You know, thank you for remind for reminding me of the strangeness of the situation, Ash. Because like the bits and pieces of this, I like it got it, got, it didn't get boring, but it became mundane as I like came up with stats for each thing. It's like, oh yeah, this is some banana stuff. So yeah, <laughs> Luke, I did have a question. So I had hexed uh, Horatia, uh, and that's a concentration spell. Do I have to make a save to keep that concentration spell, given that I've been dazzled? That would make sense to me. Yeah. Do we count my wisdom save against the rapier as my, like, is that bundled into that? Or do I need to make a separate one at the top of my turn this time? Let's let's do a separate one. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, we're still in the middle of a fight, so we'll keep going in order. Uh, we're at the top with Gibetto. <laughs> so I'm at the bottom of the rope ladder? You're at the bottom of the rope ladder. And Horatio's like three rungs up? Yeah. So I'm going to try and go up the rope ladder, and then I'm going to grab Horatio's foot. Cool. And then I'm going to try and 
repel the rope ladder back and smack it against the side of the uh, obelisk. Okay, cool. Let's see if you can get that grab on her leg going first. So she's going to oppose that. Uh, if you want to roll strength, you could roll strength or dexterity for that, I would say. Uh, my strength and my dexterity are the same stat, I believe. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Both 12s. Okay, uh, she rolled a 13. So, uh, yeah, so you can't quite get uh, a hand on her legs, but you can certainly uh, make the rope ladder swing regardless. Yeah, I'm still going to try and swing that rope ladder and see if it smacks her into the propeller. Uh, what would that be to try and move a rope ladder? Boy, uh, athletics, I guess. What will an eight get me? Hmm. Uh, it, <laughs> moves, it moves a bit, um, but uh, it doesn't doesn't really seem to have much of an effect on her progress or anything else. Yeah. So so you climbed up a rope ladder and like like a chimpanzee like shaking a toy in a, in a zoo. Uh, not much going on there. Uh, Pimlin. All right. Um, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, Gibetto, make a wisdom save to see if you oh, yes. lose the sword lust. Wisdom is my only good stat, and that it is a 14. And I rolled a 14. That does not do it. All right. You are still under its thrall. Okay. Actually, Pimlin's turn. All right. Horatio, that is my rapier. And I'm going to walk towards it. <laughs> Great. Uh, you can get to the bottom of the ladder. You could uh, climb up a couple rungs to be within reach of her. Yes, I'm going to do that. Cool. Ooh, that's a natural 20 for athletics. Oh, shit. 27. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you, like, trying to take it from her? Are you attacking her? What's your move? Oh, I, I want this rapier. Okay. I know it. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, so, so you're, like, grabbing it from her. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she rolled a two plus something, but not as good as yours. Okay, um, you, wow, uh, you have the rapier back. This is interesting. Uh, <laughs> you are no longer under its thrall, and all of you are no longer under its thrall because it's kind of changed hands here. Huh. Woo! Mm-hmm. Can Pimlin do like the Thundercats? Supermomans! <laughs> 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 That's great. Um, yeah, you have it. Um, you have it. Um, this is... I don't know. Is this the first time that you've held it, like, as a weapon? Yeah, because I always just, like, kept it hidden hidden on my back. I was going to say, hidden. <laughs> <laughs> Two feet standing up, but, you know. It's yeah. Good. So, um, I don't know how familiar Pimlin would be with magic items and attunement and that sort of thing. That's um, a good point. But... Uh, you feel you immediately feel a connection with this thing and you feel there's really no way to make this not sound meta but you <laughs> you, you immediately feel a stronger understanding of like why like why and how it so strongly attracted the attention of you and your party members mm-hmm. um, and in a practical sense I will send you over the stats of this weapon And I will read those stats for you, dear listener. This one's a bit complicated, so buckle up. Uh, The Catchpenny Cutlass is a finesse weapon, meaning you can choose to apply either your dexterity or strength modifier to the attack and damage rolls. It has plus two to hit and deals 1d8 piercing damage on a hit. Additionally, it has two actions that can be taken with it. One is Brandish. As an action, the wielder holds the cutlass aloft at an angle, displaying its bejeweled handle. 
All creatures within a 30-foot cone who can see it must make a wisdom saving throw. On a fail, they become obsessed with the cutlass and make every possible effort to gain it. Attack rolls against them have advantage. If the cutlass remains in their sight, the effect lasts for one minute. If they begin a turn and the cutlass is not in sight, or if they take any damage, they get to re-roll the wisdom save. The second action is pivot. As an action, the wielder turns the cutlass. All creatures within a 30-foot cone who are currently affected by the brandish action have disadvantage on perception checks for one turn, or six seconds. So basically, you can show a bunch of people a shiny sword, and they get very excited about it. And then you can turn it, and because it almost turns like invisible when you turn it, uh, they become confused, and you have a moment to sneak away. But So you can absorb those as we move on to Suka, who is prone and has just seen Pimlin grab the rapier back. I will happily get up. Okay. And I would like to um, try to get my bracers back from Horatia. So I want to, I guess she's three rungs up. Mm -hmm. I would like to climb up and try to pull her down. Okay, great. Uh, Roll athletics. I think I'm kind of good at athletics. No, I'm terrible at athletics. I'm good at acrobatics. <laughs> uh, that would be a five. Okay, she rolled a seven. I thought I thought you were gonna get her, but <laughs> that's a good. No, she uh, she kind of kicks at your your hands and uh, brushes you off. All right. Uh, okay, Sergio's turn. Sergio sees Mode Three hauling ass down the hallway, um, and what does he do? I think Sergio for the creature. Yeah, Sergio was like aggro about this creature, so I think Sergio would ready... He's not in range, so I think he would ready like his Toll the Dead or one of his, his attacks. Maybe probably something beefier than Toll the Dead. Um, I'll look that up for next round. Um, let's go to Magnus, who is also prone on the ground. Okay. Uh, he's not going to worry about getting up. He's just going to aim his hand up, and he's going to try and Eldritch Blast her off of the ladder. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, so that is a 16. Uh, that hits. Okay. That, that just hits. Okay. Uh, then that is 13 damage. Cool. You guys have done uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of damage to her. Okay. Um, and you're staying prone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> all he's going to do is just like raise one hand <laughs> and just... <laughs> He just hit her straight in the back with it or in the front, whatever is facing him. Okay, cool. Um, I'll say she has to make a deck save to stay on that ladder because that's some... Ooh, and that is a one. Okay, so Horatio falls like a piece of fruit um, onto the ground of the museum. Uh, I have done it. My shaking did it. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes some falling damage. Um, and she... Um, I think it was Hemo who noticed, like... Or maybe it was Suka. One of you guys noticed that she had like a sort of purple glow about her face or eyes. Um, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Um, I think you can see this from where you are. Um, she sort of shakes herself when she falls, and you get a look at her face, and that that glow seems to be gone. Um, and she looks kind of confused. Okay. Um, and it is your turn. All right. Um, can I uh, get to her uh, and attack her on this turn? Yeah, sure. Okay. Then I'm going to charge at her and attack, attack her with my dagger when I have ready. Cool. And you'll have advantage on this attack because she's on the ground and surrounded by like nine of your friends. <laughs> All right. So 19 is what I rolled. Oh, yeah. Damage of seven. 
Okay. Yeah, um, that gets her good, like in the shoulder or something like that. And she lets out a, uh, a surprised and, and uh, frightened whale, uh, Palfrey. But would Palfrey know the disposition of the diamond at this point? Uh, yeah, I think you've got line of sight. Um, it is uh, on the ground, like just behind this group here. Okay. Can I see Horatia from where I'm standing? Uh, it's partially obscured, but yeah, you, you can see where she is. Do I know that she is, like, in a bad way? Yeah, she she looks like shit. Like, and, <laughs> and this and this last dagger blow uh, is like spurting blood. Well, I'm torn um, because on the one hand, it, it would seem that I might have the opportunity to rid the world of a thieves guild leader. On the other hand, there's a gigantic robot tree charging down the hallway at my friends, and I think that I think that Palfrey knows what he has to do. So Palfrey's going to run out into the hallway and basically like try to block the hallway or stand spear out to try to keep can I get on the other side of uh, Sergio them or whoever that is or that's the uh, that's the uh, the printing press printing press isn't it okay yes well I want to try to get it between my friends and the enemies in the hallway okay um yeah you could definitely do that the only hitch would be you would provoke an attack of opportunity from the printing press right on okay <laughs> which seems only just since you were responsible for bringing it into into existence, so. <laughs> uh, 16 versus AC? That's a miss, maybe. Oh, man, okay. So a gloved hand uh, just like j- gently brushes your, your face <laughs> as, uh, as you run by. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you've you've positioned yourself between mode three and uh, and the group. Cool, any other actions or just, do you want to ready, ready anything or? I would like to ready an attack. Um, if mode three makes to hit me, I want to stab him. Okay, mode three is moving full tilt and continues to move full tilt and um, gets within a few feet of you and stops and says, Pal- Palfrey? W- what are you doing here? I'm afraid I can't tell you that. And I also can't tell you anything else. And I also can't let you go past me. And I'm sorry that I can't be more helpful to you right now. <laughs> Please, I don't, I don't want to hurt you, but... But somebody has broken in, and, and I can tell that, that some of our precious objects have been disturbed, and I, I must protect them. It's it's my duty. I appreciate that. I'm part of the group that broke in to steal those things. And we're also in the process of hurting someone. Uh, and I'm, I won't lie to you, but also, I can't let you pass. Those are all three very bad things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry about this, but... Uh, and uh, he... Uh, grabs you with, or attempts to grab you with one of his uh, metallic wooden vine appendages. And uh, you can make a deck save to get out of the way if you like. You are going to have to beat a 17. Uh, I rolled a 15. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, what does he do? You know what, I think I think he picks you up. He's got these these sort of eight spider legs, um, and he, he picks you up and sort of carries you, and he's not like squeezing the life out of you or anything, he's just sort of plucked you out of the way. And he proceeds to he proceeds up to the printing press. It's like, oh, what's what? This shouldn't be moving. What's going on? And waves a, a, a vine tentacle over it. There's sort of a flash of light, and it uh, and it stops moving. It says Sergio and Pimlet, and he recognizes, or I guess he recognizes everyone who's been in the museum before, right? Which I think is, yeah, who is who is not? I don't think Pimlin went in. Is that right? I think it's just Pimlin and Hemo. And Hemo haven't gone in. 
So he would. So yeah. So he did, he recognizes everyone else. And he doesn't recognize Horatia, presumably. No, he wouldn't recognize. Well, no, and, and he's and I guess he would. He would say, uh, Horatia, what is going on? And that's all he gets to do. Let's see. This motley crew moves in and is going to take a few swipes at some of you guys. Uh, Hemo, does fourteen hit your AC? Uh, well, my AC is 13, so... Okay. The, the creature born of an egg sac uh, is going to bite your ankle uh, for four piercing damage. Um, Gibetto, I'm guessing a five does not hit your AC. <laughs> not even in its dreams. Suka, make a dex save as a bout of flame shoots from the sundial to you. A 17. Uh, yeah, okay. You uh, jump back out of the way. And finally, Magnus has advantage because you're on the ground. Uh, Magnus, you take uh, three uh, bludgeoning damage as the abomination pounds you with its fist. Oh. Horatia, uh, hearing Motri's voice, is going to turn around and say, uh, "Motri, I, I would never. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. Uh, this is all. I'm not sure." And um, and as she's saying that. Um, you see uh, she sort of goes stiff and the purple light comes very brightly into her eyes and you actually see a faint outline around her hands. Um, and she stands up and uh, she reaches, she reaches towards Suka and tries to take the bracers back. Uh, and she rolls a one, so she does not get them back. She uh, slips and falls back on her face uh, and coughs some blood. Uh, Gibetto, your turn. I'm still on the rope ladder. I guess you are. I guess she fell past you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am going to kind of look around, see Horatia, see Mode 3, see that the, the entire crux of this is now in Pimlet's hand, and I'm going to just kind of shrug and go, do we away? And I'm going to start climbing up the ladder. <laughs> okay, uh, roll perception. Ah, put my dice away for some reason. <laughs> it can't have been a good reason. At <laughs> 20. Nice. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. You see clear as day, not clear as night. <laughs> um, you see, a, you see a figure uh, standing above the open hatch in, in the uh, glass ceiling of the room. It seems to be a short sort of crooked or bent figure um, and its hands are outstretched and there's a faint purple glow around them. And this is a familiar purple glow at this point, I would assume. I would say so. Can I quick draw a crossbow up at this figure? For sure. I would like to quick draw a crossbow. Mm -hmm. And I bet you're glad the uh, the rope ladder isn't swinging wildly at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for my earlier failures. That is a dirty 20 to hit. Okay, uh, that does hit. Uh, roll some damage, please. I would very much like to. That is eight damage. Okay, uh, the the figure uh, cries out in sort of a ah! sort of voice and um, falters back, um, and the uh, purple glow around its hands flickers for a moment, but uh, stays stays lit. Um, and if you were to look back down, you would see Horatia uh, still showing a similar uh, glow around her person. Pimlin. How far am I from Horatio? You are immediately, like, above her. You're standing oh, over okay. her. And uh, I honestly don't think that Pimla can safely use a rapier. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's too big for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's, I think of this particular rapier, this might be wrong, like taxonomically for weapons, but I think of it as like a very thin blade, like a light and thin blade. Okay. So I think, I think you reasonably, reasonably could wield it. All right. Well, I'm going to look down at Horatia and be like, you get what you deserve, trash, and then stab her with the, the rapier. Shit. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> All right. You've got advantage on this one. Ooh. Uh, highest one is a 14. Okay, uh, that does not hit. Darn. <laughs> so you say that cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then you miss. <laughs> I guess I should have said that after I hit her, right? <laughs> well, as you said, it is it is kind of big for Pinlin, maybe. So, you know, getting used to the weight of it. And, uh... <laughs> wow. Okay, or maybe she moves quickly out of the way or some combination of, of the two. But, All right. That's great. <laughs> Telegraphing your move alerted your opponent. <laughs> Are you not supposed to meme your opponents before you hit them? <laughs> Here comes a stab. Suka. Did I hear correctly that I, I have the bracers again? Yeah, you, you, so, yes. You grabbed them from her and then she tried to take them back but failed. Okay, fantastic. I would like to put the bracers on. Cool. Um, that is a full action to do that, but you can definitely do that. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to wait to put the bracers on. I'll be more useful on this turn. What am I closest to? Um, you're sitting right over Horatia here, and then um, just past your comrades is a group of bad guys. Uh, you could just see out in the hallway the printing press, which has gone silent, so I'll just take that off. And then... Um, you would maybe be just be able to see mode three with Palfrey in like a uh, vine grip. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I would like to work towards the bad guys. Okay. Um, that are all over there. So I'd like to, I guess, attack the thing I come to first. Okay. That would be the abomination. Okay. And how big is it? Uh, I'd say it's like four feet high, but hulking, kind of like a gorilla-ish shape, but like green and Frankenstein-y. Okay. Well, then I am just going to attack this thing. Cool. Classic Suka. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really struggling. Uh, that would be an 11. Uh, that does not hit. Okay, then I'll use my bonus action and, and attack again. Cool. That would be a 13. Uh, that also does not hit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. Uh, I'll say, you know, you. this thing is hooking, so you connect, but it has like a harder skin than you might have anticipated, so your fists, your arms kind of bounce off of its hide, <laughs> we'll say. Man, I totally should have put the bracers on. All right. <laughs> um, Sergio, seeing Motri grab his friend, uh, is going to shoot a bolt of necrotic energy, we'll say. Uh, it's going to hit Motri for some damage. Uh, and Motri cries out in pain and says, uh, Sergio, I don't want to have to put you in timeout, too. <laughs> of course you can feel pain. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> At least let Motri not have nerve endings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magnus, you are still prone with all this going on around you. Okay. If I were to get up and try and move away, would I take an attack of opportunity from the abomination because it just attacked me? Uh, no, I'll say no because Suka has distracted. Okay. Uh, then I would like to get up and would I have heard mode three? Certainly, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I'd like to get up and go out into the hallway as far as far as I can. Okay. Since I spent time getting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get there. It's only like ten feet away. Okay. Um, when I see mode three, and when he sees me, I would like to like sort of come bursting out and be like, mode three, Origa told us we had to get the bracers. It's a matter of good versus evil. She sent us to get the bracers. Then why the why didn't you ask for them? My companions convinced me that that was a bad idea. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I regret this. Please, please, if we don't get them, someone worse will. I'm, I'm on board with this, but I don't understand what's going on. Why you've brought people I don't recognize. I, I don't know that I can trust you. Uh, I'm going to point to uh, uh, Horatia and say she followed us in. She's not with us. She tried to kill. Pi- she tried to kill our friend. She's trying to kill us. She's trying to take the bracers. She's what we're trying to protect them from. Um, so I think he he would take an action based on what you're saying, but I don't want to yeah. take the combat turns away from the rest of your party. Um, yeah. So we still have um, Hemo and Palfrey before Mode Three would get an action. So if either of you want to do something like kind of in this moment, uh, you're welcome to do that. I, I just want to say, we argued for weeks about how to approach this situation, Mode 3. So please cut us a bit of slack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously, it's obviously going great based on your preparations. <laughs> All right. I want to enact the, uh, the bad guy to hit my ankle. Okay, um, great. Roll that uh, thirteen. Yeah, that hits. This this is like um, imagine like a uh, like a large hedgehog, but with tentacles instead of spines. All right. Ah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then that only did four damage. Okay, that actually uh, it, it pops like a balloon and uh, spills fiendish goo all over the ground. And he has a accomplishment. Yeah, he did it. And uh, Palfrey. Yeah, I mean, he's holding on to me. You could, you could try to get out. It would be a very high DC, I will tell you that. I don't think that I can. <laughs> I, think I, I think I just need to let this play out. Okay, cool. Um, so, Mode 3, just like, I don't understand what's going on. I just, uh, I'm sorry. And he reaches out vine tentacles and starts just grabbing you all up like children. But as he comes around the corner, he sees that there are more living beings than he has arms. So, uh, and he sees that like more of his the items in his collection are animated. And uh, the thing he seems to react to most is uh, seeing the stone open um, and seeing this huge diamond on the ground. He says, "How they didn't mention this when they deposit? How could I?" Oh, and um, he drops everyone all at once, and you all fall to the ground like sacks of potatoes. And he uh, runs over to the stone, just sort of like extends his vine so he can just step over everybody. And he starts studying the glyphs on on the stone carefully. And uh, he says, oh, I know, I know this, I know this one. This, this, yes, yes. And then he moves the tip of one of his vines like over some of the glyphs in like like a specific pattern. And a burst of light shoots out of the diamond from the floor and the remaining animated items uh, go limp. He should join our party. At the same moment, Gibetto, you would see uh, the hands of this figure up in the skylight glow more intensely, and then you would hear um, a cry of pain 
from Horatia down on the ground who, like Dave Girl in uh, the Everlong video, her hands uh, grow huge and glow like almost a blinding purple light. And she reaches over um, with one of her huge hands to grab the bracers from Suka. Um, and you can attempt to oppose her, but uh, she rolled a 27. You can roll dex or strength. Okay. That would be a nine. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, she pl- plucks them from you, and, and it almost looks like she would, if she wasn't careful, she would crush them with this huge hand. And she re- similarly reaches toward Pimlin uh, and rolls a natural 20, uh, which I don't believe uh, you could. Well, you could you could try to roll a nat 20 as well, so. Uh, I'll try. Yeah. If it happens. Oh my God. All right, so just because I have to just show it, because I don't want to yes. see people think I'm lying. Oh man, okay. This is very, very good. Thank is... God. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, yes. a giant hand is just a little dude. Yes, I know, okay. I know what happens, I know what happens. Okay, this is great. Oh, thank you, Nick, this is a gift. This is very good. Um, so so this this hand, it's like, it looks like like a spell goes out. It, it's more more than this person intended, maybe. This hand gets so big that it just grabs you. <laughs> and uh and by your strength roll you you are not popped like a pustule or something um oh thank god and then uh Gibetto, you hear something whiz past your head and a sharp projectile shoots down and uh impales horatia and kind of like sticks through her chest and like opens like barbs on the other side almost like a grappling hook or something like that. And then uh, with a powerful jerk, yanks her up uh, toward the skylight with her giant hands holding the bracers and Pimlin holding the rapier. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Mode 3, um, hearing the noise, turns around and attempts to shoot his vines up to grab her, um, but she's pulled through the skylight before he can get to her. And Pimlin, you see some shit, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. What do the rest of you do? I think Magnus is going to turn to mode three and say, you see, we were trying to prevent this. And granted, we should have used our words. And back home, I was very good with my words, but I seem to have lost that lately. And, you know, I think I just need to be true to myself. And anyway, we should have come to you. But now we've lost the bracers. We've lost the rapier. We've lost our little friend. (laughs) Yes, indeed, you have. This is very bad. This is the worst day of my life. And it's because of you. How are you going to get them back for me? Well, if we get them back for you, do they have to go right back here? Can we borrow them for a while? Yes, if you wanted to borrow them, I, I would I would soul bind them to myself and, and you would specify the length of the borrowing and you would take them. And then at the end of that duration, I would bring them back to me. It's standard procedure. If only anyone had ever listened to anything I say. I don't say very much, so when I do speak, you should take it as gospel. We can agree to those terms. Now we need to go get our friend back. Yes, well, uh, you know, I have to say that uh, that sinister device that was employed to carry that poor woman out of the ceiling... That has Thieves Guild written all over it. I've, I've seen that device. Uh, in fact, we have a primitive version of it right over here. And he uh, brushes some of, some of the like, p- 
pieces of abomination and and stuff out of the way and like takes you over to uh, a case and, and shows like a, a primitive version of, of a crossbow with this sort of nasty looking bolt lodged in it. Well, I think you guys better get after. I think I'm gonna stay here and clean up. We owe that to mode three, but you guys should probably book. Any objections? No, let's go. Let's get up that ladder. Let's see if we can find what direction it went in and follow. I'm just going to go around the museum and cast mending on every single thing we broke. <laughs> no, no, I'd only slow you down. Stop trying to convince. They're already gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I will say that definitely helps like mend things a little bit. Uh, not only mend the objects in the museum, but mends it up with mode three a little bit. Yeah. I appreciated his words about a, a, a broken spear. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say before you guys commit to an action, let's let's uh, let's. I'll give you some time to think. Let's pan over to uh, to Pimlin yeah. for a minute. So, Pimlin, um, you <laughs> you are like spirited away out this window, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, you get like a front front row seat to to poor. Well, maybe you don't think poor, but Horatia being uh, like skewered on this thing, and uh, she's sort of reeled in, as it were. And holding the other end of this device, you recognize uh, Flimnap, her bent and sort of greasy assistant, who uh, uh, is standing much taller than uh, you had seen him previously. And uh, he has this purple light around his hands, and as he reels her in, that glow falls away, and her hands shrink, and you fall to the surface of, like, the uh, roof of this building, presumably still holding the rapier. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, Flimnap, what are you doing? Oh, it's all coming together, and you're just along for the ride, aren't you, Mr. Jones? Well, it looks like Horatia here is in bad shape. Came a little too late. Oh, she she has served her purpose. She was, you were the bait, and she was the hook, and now I have what I need. So when did you come up with all this? This seems way too uh, advanced, even for you. (laughs) Well, uh, I have some strong heritage to help me with my need for magical powers. And uh, he grabs the top of his uh, matted, greasy hair and pulls it away. And uh, he is a drow. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's what Pimlet says as he backs away. (laughs) And his hands turn purple and he approaches you, uh, apparently about to cast a spell. Uh, You are five or ten feet away from the opening in the roof. What do you do? What does Pimlin do? Uh... I bet Flimnab isn't even his real name. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to attack with the rapier. Damn, okay. Uh, 18. Yeah, that'll hit. Nice. Ten points. Cool. Uh, He takes it and uh, recoils, and uh, you do have a moment for movement if you want. Yes. How far am I from the opening? Uh, about 10 feet, we'll say. I can probably get to the opening, right? In 10 feet, but you probably wouldn't allow me to jump down. Yeah, you could, you could jump. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I am going to jump back down the opening. Get away from this guy. Okay. Wait. I'm going to take a very quick glance at her ratio. Does she look dead? Uh, if she's not dead yet, she will be dead soon. Okay. I'm going to jump down. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? This is Dungeons and Dragons. Why don't you roll perception, and and I will give you a more definitive answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a five. A five. Yeah. Uh, it's a nasty wound. Okay. Yeah. 
I hope you die. <laughs> I jumped on him. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, roll uh, acrobatics to see how that leap goes for you. Ooh, what is a 25? Yeah. I mean, you do like a freaking kickflip or something. Like, do like a Tony Hawk 900 down on, through, through the hole. You skateboard down the rapier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, this is Luke Brevoort, your host and Dungeon Master, and today I'm speaking to you as the Museum's Printing Press. What a uh, short, strange little taste of life I've just had. One moment I'm being ignored in a dark corner of a dusty museum, and the next I'm up and moving and getting beaten up by a group of adventurers. What a world. Thanks for listening to Session 14 of Vengeance. I have uh, hope you've enjoyed this wacky encounter. I suppose it was uh, pretty cruel of me to trick my friends into designing their own encounter, but I just couldn't resist. Uh, the show is edited and sound designed by me, Luke Brevoort. Our theme song is Castles in Winter by Joel Van Drogenbroek. All other music is by me. The website for my sound work is splendorsound.com. JL Householder does art for the show. You you can find their work at jlhouseholder.com. You can follow the show at Vengeance D&D on Twitter, and you can tweet about the show using the Vengeance Podcast hashtag. All right. Let's see what happens next. Bye. Well, like a young Tony Hawk, you uh, you leap down through the window, and uh, you're all, all in the same room there. Guys. <laughs> Hello. Do you have the bracers? Guys, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I got scared. Flynn Nap's up there, and apparently he's a drow, and I had to get away from that. That was really scary. When you say he's up there, is he still up there? He's still up there. Cool. And Magnus is just going to start climbing. <laughs> and turn and go, Mode 3, you want in on this? <laughs> uh, Mode 3 moves in your direction. Um, you will say you're able to get, get to the, the top. You come from like a mountain climbing family, so yeah. you can climb pretty fast. Yeah. You get to the top and uh, you see like the grappling hook projectile thing that Horatio was impaled on and you see the crossbow that fired it. You see a lot of blood. Uh, you do not see any people. Um, and you do see the blood, uh, a trail of blood moving off in the direction of the street. Okay. Um, I'm going to call down to Hemo and say, are you any good at tracking blood? Uh, good question. First, I'm a bit stunned by everything I've just seen because this is beyond my realm of familiarity. Uh, so it takes me a moment to realize, mentally, get back in the game here. So uh, I'm not in my preferred environment, so I wouldn't have any advantage there. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you could you could roll survival. I would even take a nature check um, okay. here because I think we established, like, way back when you guys were going into that goblin cave, there was a trail of blood there. And I believe Hemo used, like, nature as, just as, like, a stand-in for hunting experience. Okay. Like, right. following wounded animals. I think you're probably the best of us. I'm plus three on nature. Better than me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yes, I can, I can track stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, whenever anyone's ready, if there's anything else we need to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll head up the ladder, you know. Right behind you. Yeah, sure. You know, actually, as you guys are, as it becomes clear that, that some summer all of you are, are leaving, Motri says, uh, just a moment, I get the sense that that you're good people who have just done a bad thing, but you're good. I feel like I should help you. And uh, he spiders over to that the standing stone. And um, after studying it for a while and thinking, he moves uh, his sort of vine things over it. 
and a bunch of like flowers appear all over it. And then he says, no, no, no. He waves his hand and they fall off and he does it again. And then like pieces of furniture start appearing in the room. And he's like, no, no, no. He waves his hand and those disappear. And then he like, he goes, oh yes. And he makes kind of a wide circular motion. And you all, you can spend hit dice if you like. Oh, okay. He basically makes a short rest out of a moment. Okay, that's awesome. Did anyone think to grab the diamond or is that still sitting on the ground? Oh, that's a, you know what? He probably would have replaced it in the divot in the stone. Yeah. Okay. And we don't need it. It is shiny, though. It is. I mean, <laughs> someday we do have to return things to mode three. I guess we could borrow it then. <laughs> uh, I don't have any damage, but I am going to meditate while everyone else okay. is healing to get my key points back. Yeah, and I think, and as this moment is happening, I think what you guys experience is like a flash of light from that diamond kind of covers the room in. in like a, a pale white light. And um, it's not really, well, in, I guess you would notice that like maybe particles of dust in the air or like the flames and the sconces around the, the room are in like mega, mega, mega slow motion. It's like appears to, it appears to have created like a moment of peace. Cool. Emo, you're welcome to roll nature for tracking the blood. I'll do that. I rolled a 23. Whoa. Yeah. So um, yeah, despite the, uh, the, I think we established there are like sort of pathways that people take along the roofs. Um, and there's junk and dust and everything, but you're able to uh, to follow this trail, and uh, you see that it leads to the sort of sheer side of the back of the tower of the thieves guild, um, and it sort of abruptly stops. And uh, everybody, roll perception. Thirteen. Oh, holy shit! Natural twenty. Okay. Never mind everybody else that gets it. So, <laughs> yeah, so Gibetto <laughs> just said. Improved night vision. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, like an eagle, you were able to see uh, the very topmost floor. Uh, there's a window, and you see purple glow, and you see two figures, uh, one slumped over and one erect, disappear into that window. I'm going to, to whoever's next to me, I'm just going to kind of like hit them in the shin and point at the window. Step right up to get punched. <laughs> Who's next to me? I punch myself and I point at the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Looks so like. The piece Who would have guessed? Pimlin, do you know of a way to go up the outside of the building? Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty skilled at climbing, so I can just climb it. But uh, I don't know. Do I recall... A secret ladder somewhere, <laughs> or built-in like ladders in the in the rock. You probably would have had like wall scaling one hundred and one or something on your way up up through the ranks, and you would know that the design of the tower is such that it is a sheer rock face for like the first three or four stories, and then the windows begin, so there aren't really footholds. Um, mm. So yeah, there there really isn't a good way to get up the outside of the building, but you would be familiar with the layout of the interior. I wonder if it would be possible to bring the top floor of the building to us because we have in our party an underground guy who is perhaps capable of excavating beneath the tower so as to collapse it. There's a lot of people in there, pal, free. There's a lot of people in there. <laughs> Not only that, but, I mean, you're talking an extensive program of mining that's going to take weeks. Especially, Do you have permits? I don't have any permits. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> an appropriate scheme. And we would really damage the infrastructure if we dug somewhere where maybe there was already a sewer line or uh, a, a magic 
funnel something that could you know cause an explosion we're we're gonna have to call before we dig um uh Penlin, do do thieves typically start their training as teenagers or is it sort of like an all ages educational opportunity and perhaps you would be uh tasked by horatia to bring in some new blood and are giving them a tour is that a thing that would be reasonable uh, i don't think anybody in here would expect me to bring in a tour uh, <laughs> i have fallen out of the good graces of the uh, thieves guild um we can sneak through can i we... can lead you guys through the thieves guild but some of you are a little bit louder than others <laughs> what if we flip it there's a bounty on your head and we caught you uh the old wookie trick I understand what... that these ghosts that they're not going to let you like transport me to the dungeons. They're going to want to do all that themselves. They're a little yeah. bit smarter than this fictitious story I heard once about stormtroopers or something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous. <laughs> Space. There's nothing up there. There's nothing. <laughs> but if you if we want to sneak through the thieves guild, I can I can lead you guys through. What if we want to enter but not sneak through? Well, we can do that too. That's fine. Yeah. Is there a fire alarm we could pull? Evacuate everybody? And mm. denounce our presence. They don't care about us. There's a fire. <laughs> how do you, how do you uh, join the Thieves Guild? Like, how how does one become a member? Oh, uh, well, that's a long story. <laughs> you, uh... You're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sit down. We're on the base of the tower. We've been to a museum and tried to steal things. Like, does that qualify us for membership? Well, you kind of have to go through some trials. Um, in my situation, I was kind of discovered just because I'm naturally gifted. <laughs> Being a street rat. Child um, star Pimlin Jones. <laughs> you were doing some thievery in a small club off Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Do we all need to actually go in or... Uh... Is this a scenario where perhaps just Pimlin can go and do some reconnaissance of sorts? Well, if Flintknapp is in there, I would like to have some help, some backup for sure. Well, uh, so if he's in there, the Thieves Guild would also not be excited that he's there, right? Because he's drowned. Well, it seems like he has the ability to transform himself. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing for all of us to randomly go in there for really any excuse. If, if the Thieves Guild has any intelligence, they would quickly figure out that we're up to something. Yeah, they're a very uh, suspicious bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I will throw you one thing Pimlin would, would know is that um, this is like the middle of the night, right? This was a night operation you guys were doing. Um, that the main entrance to the Thieves Guild is closed off this late at night. But there is a uh, an official Thieves Guild tavern uh, that is open to the public and which uses restrooms that are in the lobby of the Thieves Guild proper. So that is kind of the only way into the building. And there is a magical gate that is between like the lobby and like the students and, and uh, classrooms and stuff. Well, there's a tavern. We can just go start a, uh, a fight. And then we can sneak through this gate if I remember how to get through it. That sounds good to me. I love a tavern. I love a fight. Before we talk fight, should we uh, maybe talk to some people in the tavern and see if they know anything about connection with the drow or anything like that? I think we need to get the bracers as quickly as possible before they're moved to a secondary location. Okay. So should we all go to the tavern and take a shot and then go? Definitely. Yes. 
Okay, that's the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> so you're uh, standing on the, uh, uh, we'll say there's been a little bit of rain, uh, some cobble, some shiny cobblestones in the street uh, in front of the Empty Coin Purse, which is the official guild tavern of the Thieves Guild. It is uh, very popular. Um, it's very full, and uh, perhaps part of why it's popular is uh, the way it works is when you walk in, you're given five silver pieces and a mug. Uh, you're required to stay for a minimum of two hours, and you can keep any of the coins that you still have after two hours, but the entire time you're there, student thieves are trying to steal them from you. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> so you can drink for free, but you have to spend it before uh, you... Uh, lose all your money. Or I guess you could just like guard your money very closely and be five silver pieces richer for hanging out in a bar for two hours. <laughs> uh, shots? I'm going to point at Suka. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So you guys are talking about shots um, and uh, from across the room uh, you hear someone say, someone say shots? <laughs> and um person comes running across the room uh, and you see a very drunk uh, halfling woman. Uh, it is Deneb, the uh, the thief you met in the square a couple days ago at this point, I guess. She says, oh, hey, you guys are doing shots? I love shots. And uh, there's a, uh, a sort of uh, slouchy elf woman of similar age coming behind her saying, uh, Deneb, Deneb, take it easy. You've had enough. Let's Let's just take it easy tonight. Can I see from where we're standing? Can I see like a menu board above the bar or anything? Like, can I see any prices anywhere? Uh, yeah, it says mug refill of ale, one silver piece. Okay. End of menu board. Okay. I think I'm gonna approach the, I'm gonna say to them like, hold that thought. And I'm gonna go over to the bartender mm-hmm. and you know, say, hey, how's it going? My little friend over there wants to do shots. Do you guys do shots? Oh uh, yeah, you gotta show your uh, student ID for that. I'm gonna turn and be like, you want shots? Come yeah. here. Yeah, gotta do more shots, man. Here, here, I'm the real deal. Deneb's the name. And she uh, slaps a, uh, I guess it would be a piece of parchment uh, with a drawing of her face. Is that what it would be? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, with, like, the Thieves logo insignia on it or something. Makes sense. You want to do them on a ski? A shot ski? Let's do a shot ski. Uh, and, she, and she grabs, like, a fistful of coins. She has stolen so many silver pieces from people in this bar, and she's cashing them all, and she just piles the coins. She's, fill up a shot ski for all my friends. And her friend is just, like, burying her face in her hands. I'm going to turn and look at the party. Like, can I see where the r- restrooms are? Yeah, uh, there's there's a uh, an archway uh, at one end of the bar that has some light coming through. Okay, I'm gonna like point at that, mm-hmm. make like look at everybody and like point that way, and then go, "Hey, everybody, shots on my friends!" <laughs> and then immediately book it towards the restroom. Okay, it's uh, a good distraction. Yeah, there is a general route. Uh, why don't you roll uh, performance? I guess. Ooh, uh, that's a nineteen. Yeah, that's, I mean, you you get a whole bunch of people excited about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm going to just head toward the restroom. Cool. So anyone uh, who attempts to, like, move stealthily uh, in this moment uh, will have advantage on that stealth check. Okay. 
Sure. I'll try and still. That makes a flat roll for me. <laughs> National 18. 20. 13. 22. 15. Okay. Uh, you don't seem to attract any attention, and uh, you move along the bar through the shouting people clamoring for their shots, and uh, you move into the lobby, which I guess you would be familiar with from the other day. Can I, sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but can I say for flavor that I drop my five silver at her feet? Like, oh no, I dropped them as I'm going. Sure. Because I'm using her. Like, so I'm just going to give her my silver. Oh, oh, she's like, oh, party foul, and like goes for it. Can I ask a quick question? Mm-hmm. For the rest of us, how much of our five silver do we all still have at this point? <laughs> oh, th- I mean, this came together pretty quickly, so I don't think you had any attempts on uh, on your part. Right. So you can add that. <laughs> cool. So uh, you're standing in this lobby. Uh, I, I think we put a, uh, a giant statue of a hand pulling a coin out of a purse in the center of this. Maybe it's a fountain. There's like water running down the hand. That'd be pretty gross. Let's do that. Uh, and uh, you can see uh, like a portcullis uh, blocking off the main entrance, um, and then you see Pimlin. You would you would know the uh, the gate to the student quarters, uh, which is similarly a portcullis, um, and it is covered with all kinds of crazy mechanisms. And actually, you see um, as you guys kind of come into the lobby, you see um, some students that are approaching the gate, and uh, and they're a little tipsy. They're kind of wavering a little bit. And, and one of them goes, oh shit, what is it this week? Is it the, is it the bag? Is it the, the locks? I don't remember. Oh dude, I don't remember either, man. Uh, let's just try them all. And so like one of them steps on like a pressure plate and then the other one like climbs up on the portcullis and there's like a figurine that they have to like move the figurine and replace it with a thing of sand. That doesn't do anything. And then like one of them says, oh no, 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 this is it. And they like twist twist something and there's a ticking sound and they like pick four locks in a row and that doesn't open it and they can't remember. Uh, and actually from from the bar uh, comes in the sort of sober friend of Deneb. She says, uh, you boys uh, having some trouble there? She's like, yeah, I can't remember. Can't remember what the puzzle is this week. Uh, she shakes her head and goes up and fiddles with something in a small plate in the center of the, the gate. Uh, there's a clicking sound, and a small gate within the gate opens, and they pass through, and the door closes behind them. Uh-huh. I think this is your thing, Pimlin. It sure is. Uh, is. Is she walking away? Yeah, yeah she's okay. continuing up the hall. All right. Well, I'm going to go up to whatever they're fiddling with and fiddle with it. Cool. Um, okay, so what you see are... This will be a play-along-at-home puzzle. Uh, so there are... You see uh, six uh, like tokens or coins in this hexagon formation, uh-huh. um, and you see uh, the number three engraved on the little plate that they're sitting on. Um, and then as you step up to it, um, it sort of resets. Um, and you would remember this one from your student days. Um, you have to get the coins from this configuration to that hexagon configuration in three moves. Hey, so uh, obviously this is a very visual element of the adventure. Uh, Like I've said in the past, we were not planning for this to be a show when we were doing this. Uh, If you want to play along at home, uh, if you just Google hexagon coin puzzle, this will come right up and you can give it a try. Um, But for listening purposes, all you need to know is that uh, Nick did grab some coins uh, from his house and figured out the puzzle. 
Or actually, he made some headway, and then Mike figured out the puzzle. Uh, so that's what happened. So so Hemo says, like, mind if I have a try? <laughs> cool. All right, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys figured it out, because I was worried that it was just going to, like, not be fun and just bring things to a halt, so that's fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, the uh, the gate swings open, uh, and you have the uh, the corridor leading to the student dormitories before you. So, I I would like to hang to the back, um, and I'm feeling like kind of nervous about this whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I need a little bravery, and that's kind of what the shot was going to be was to kind of like make me feel a little bit like brave and courageous. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I need a little something. Um, and I have a jar of magic pickles. Yes, you do. And I would like to eat one and see what happens in awesome. hopes that it's something helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually eating pickles. It's funny. <laughs> okay. Yes. So like you're in you're in the lobby with like a big echo. So there's like a like a as you open the, the jar and it like kind of reverberates. Uh, okay, so what color pickle do you eat? I, there are 10 colors. Yes. Um, I'd like to go with purple. Yes. Okay. Yes. You crunch down on a purple pickle and you hear like a deafening, deafening sound. Like you probably cover your ears instinctively. And then uh, I guess as you sort of adjust to it, uh, you realize you can hear everything everyone is saying in the tavern as if they were like right next to your ear. And you can like you can hear you can hear Magnus mouth breathing. You can hear Palfrey picking his nose. I don't know if Palfrey's picking his nose, but you can you can hear, and you can hear like um, you can hear the, the students that that you saw trying to open the gate were just like, man, I think I love her. And it's like, oh no, man, don't, like she's not she's not good for you, man. And like you can hear these private conversations all as if they're like right next to you. Um, so yeah, so mechanically uh, you can hear. All sounds with that are within 300 feet of you, as if they were right next to your ear for one hour. Great, that is so helpful. Yeah, you picked a very good one for this situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So if you're proceeding into the hallway, um, so uh, Pimble would know that the layout of this building is such that it's like you can get up one flight of stairs, and then you have to traverse the building and then there is a, the next flight is like on the opposite side it's kind of like an alternating staircases thing which is something that would never exist in the real world but here we are um <laughs> so uh move, so you move down this hallway it's almost like a uh like a stone submarine these are not uh glamorous quarters uh this seems similar to remember from his his student days that uh it's like an underclassman thing and you see uh bunks and uh empty fantasy pizza boxes and that sort of thing. Um, roll stealth to see how your traversing of this hall goes. Roll to 10. 23. 21. Nine. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh boy. Okay, I'll now roll for Sergio. Sergio did roll a one. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll say, uh, I think Sergio has like a robe. We'll say Sergio's robe gets caught on the uh, door of, or like the portcullis gate thing, um, and it like slams shut. Suka, of course, you you hear everything that's being said by every person in every dorm room. The rest of you hear a low murmur of voices. This doesn't seem to be like a place where there are especially alert people, but maybe like a couple students kind of look up from whatever they're doing in their rooms as you walk by. Uh, but you make it to the uh, 
the staircase unchallenged. Uh, moving up to the second floor, uh, this seems to be somewhat nicer accommodations, maybe for upperclassmen. You see that maybe each student has their own room on this floor. Some of them have their names or uh, some artwork on the doors. Um, several of them are obviously have traps on them, but uh, these, these doors are mostly closed and this is a very quiet floor. Stealth one more time, please. I rolled a natural one this time. Oh, God. I rolled an eight. Natural 20, and then on my disadvantage roll, a nine. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I think, uh, yeah, Palfrey, like, you trip on the top step, and, like, you're, you know, you got your... your... (laughs) 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 Quit making noises. (laughs) And as you uh, look up, look up from the ground where you've fallen, uh, a door cracks open, uh, and you recognize the sort of sober uh, elf friend of Deneb, uh, and she looks uh, disapprovingly down at you and says, uh, "You're not students. I'm a student of chivalry. What are you doing in here? Oh, it it's okay. We uh." I used to go here, actually, uh, class of 07. What's up? And uh, I'm just giving my friends here. We were drinking at the bar, and I was just giving them a tour of the old alma mater here. Um, yeah, I saw you down at the bar. Looks like you're having a good time. When you come up to your room a little early, huh? Whatever gave you that impression. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, everyone was having a good time, so I just assumed you were having a good time. I need to study. Uh, I know who you are, Mr. Jones. And I've heard of your deeds, and uh, I'm surprised they're giving you free reign of the place. But uh, I'm going to go back to my studying now. If you could uh, be a little quieter in your chivalry, sir. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, don't worry. I take full responsibility for him. I used to go here is one of the creepiest things you can say. To any, <laughs> anybody in any if, if you ever are somewhere and someone's like, oh, it's cool. I used to go here. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're in an area that's off limits to the general public. Where, where young people are sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> are middle-aged men not supposed to be in here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, she closes her door and uh, you're able to proceed to the next floor. Uh, let me remind myself of what is on the next floor. Oh, okay. Um, so the next two floors are uh, classrooms, uh, which don't appear to be occupied currently, but you would pass through rooms where uh, various thieving arts are practiced, like lockpicking and uh, stealth and arcane trickery, assassination. And uh, I would say there are, um, if any of you wanted to pick up like thiefy items or tools, there are definitely some like, you know, not the best, but student uh, versions of those things hanging on walls in here, that sort of thing. Okay. I'd like to grab a lockpick if there's one on the wall handy as I walk by. Yeah, so um, you are not proficient with thieves' tools, but um, you could you could grab it, and you're going to have like disadvantage trying to do stuff with it. But you certainly can can grab it. Okay. Any chance there's like a, a robe with really deep pockets <laughs> floating around? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a uh, what seems to be like a professor's robe. I, I'd like, and as I do, can I have that flash of recognition? Let me think about this. Yes, 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 Danielle, yes. Uh, yeah, you you see something. 
Uh, like you see, you see a visual memory. You are wearing a cloak. Uh, you're behind some sort of curtain, um, and you hear uh, someone talking loudly, and you hear the murmur of many voices, and you feel a strong hand on your shoulder, and then the vision passes. Great. I like kind of like look around and, and see if anybody's noticed, and then I just kind of like slip on the rails and keep moving. It, it just feels wrong to me to steal from students, so uh, <laughs> to pass on that. But they're they're thief students. You know, they're trying to do their best by their, you know. And, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So proceeding through those classrooms, uh, pilfering here and there, giving them a taste of their own medicine, I guess. You come to uh, the sixth floor, I think it is, and this floor seems it's like there, it's like finer stone than you've seen elsewhere. It's like maybe marble. Um, that's carved ornately. Um, there's an archway, and then directly across from that archway, there's another archway, which is blocked by a portcullis. Um, and there's a sort of small room just sort of between those openings. Uh, and there is a small or a large uh, crow on a stand on a pedestal next to the archway. Hmm. Does it see us? Uh, it doesn't appear to be moving. What is that? Well, it's, it's a crow. It's a crow alarm. <laughs> Do I remember being in the guild how to get by it or anything? Uh, this actually, you do, you don't recognize this floor at all. This seems to have been like renovated or something. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, I'm much familiar with this area. <laughs> Maybe you should have partied a little less while you were here. Does anybody have any particular affinity to crows? Yeah, actually, jeez, uh, um, I can uh, talk to animals. That's one of the spells I have. <laughs> so that seems very, very handy right now. Uh, yeah, do you, do you call it? Uh, I just, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure mechanically how that works. I don't know if it's like I make the noises it understands or if it's just kind of like telepathically. That's what I vote. I just, your call. I'm going to go with I make the noises. That's yeah, I like that. Like, that's the correct choice. Yeah. <laughs> in real life, too, not just in game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as fun as the noise making would be, in, in actual practicality would be better for telepathically because then no one would know that I'm talking to the animal, mm -hmm. which could be helpful down the road. If you do it convincingly enough, nobody will know that you're, they might just think like the crow is making two noises. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also a ventriloquist. I have to throw. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the telepathic approach. Um, I'm going to cast um, Speak with Animals. Great. Uh, and it's just it's level one. Uh, so it's just like basic communication, like um, do you just say like ah? <laughs> I, don't know. I can't make it do like complex things basically yeah I think it's like you know I was reading that one the other day it's like it's the, the way they put it is interesting let me find it real quick yeah you gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration the knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence but at a minimum beasts can give you information about nearby locations and monsters including whatever they can perceive or have perceived within the past day you might be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for you at the DM's discretion. So the situation here is that it's basically an alarm. So I want to ask it to not make noise. Is that is that right? Is that what I mean? it, You certainly can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm like, hey, um, you do me a solid and, and, and be quiet. Oh, you can talk, it says telepathically. Yeah, <laughs> I can. I can, but I only know basic, basic crow. So, yes, it's a complica complicated language. Lots of loan words and permutations of prefixes, and it's very complicated. It's a lot of tenses, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, 
I, I you know, we could really use a, a favor here if you uh, could not not make a lot of noise or preferably no noise at all. Um, you know, how, how can we make that happen? Oh, well, are you sure? Because because it's it's my job to uh, to give you the instructions for the the exam. I would just like to point out uh, to everybody that this mic is talking telepathically to the bird. Our cat has come nearby and is flying. <laughs> <laughs> so it works. Yeah. Guess my bird impression is just that good. <laughs> um, what am I trying to actually come with? I have no idea. Uh, I the party and say, uh, guys, I'm you know I'm talking to the, the crow here, and uh, you know it, it's supposed to give instructions for an exam. Thoughts? Uh, just have them be quiet. Just let us pass. We're not yeah. for an exam. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to go back to the girl. Like, you know, we don't we don't really need any instructions. Uh, you know, we're just looking for some quiet here. Well, I'll I'll do my best, but uh, when 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 you guys step on that that plate right there, uh, it'll the, the the examination chamber will calibrate to how many participants, and then I think magic just makes me talk. So I don't know if I can be quiet. It it might be magical. Okay. So so party. Uh, the the crow says that when we step on the plate. Over there, uh, it, it triggers a reaction that he may not be able to have any control of. Um, Can we move through the room and avoid the plate? Yeah, that's a question I have. I, you, you could, but um, there's nowhere to go other than where you came from or through the um, archway, which is shut by a portcullis. Ask the crow how we can get to the... Well, is the exam room through the portcullis? Yes! <laughs> Talk <laughs> <laughs> this floor is the examination chamber. When the elevators aren't operating, to get to the upper administrative offices, you have to pass through the examination chamber. It serves two purposes, to be an examination chamber and as security. Ah, there's penny-pitching thieves' guild admins. <laughs> that is expressly what they do, pinch pennies. <laughs> Tell that to your friend. Oh. <laughs> he says to Hemo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never was any good at tests. Well, if it's a thieves' test, I think I can help us out. Are you sure? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so positive. You should head to that plate. Okay. Uh, so you step on the plate, um, and the crow speaks, but you can tell he's doing his damnedest to be quiet. Um, he says, <laughs> Good evening, students. Please select a difficulty to proceed through the chamber. Novice, cadet, initiated, master. No, novice. Novice, selected. Please proceed. The portcullis rolls up, and you can enter if you wish. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go through. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so you walk through, and you kind of go around a corner, and you're in a smallish room, maybe like 15 by 15, and uh, there are three... Uh, pedestals in front of you, each with a small chest on top of it. One is blue, one is yellow, and one is red. And you hear the crow's voice say, for this challenge, you must find the key in one of these chests. Very simple. Novice difficulty selected. Are these chests, are they locked? Wouldn't be much of a test if they weren't. All right. Do you need a lock pick? Oh, I got two idea <laughs> lock pick. You were hesitating, man. I wasn't sure. I mean, I've got one. I'm just thinking of which one I want. I want to open first. Would they be booby trapped? Hmm. How would they do that in a novice test? I'm checking for traps. Cool. That's uh, investigation. Uh, ten. 
which one are you investing? Well, okay. So I don't, I don't want to bore you all with making all these checks. So there, there's, there are seven of you. If you're like taking your time to inspect, uh, mm-hmm. you, you could very easily see that the red and blue ones are trapped. The yellow one is not. All right. I'm going to disable a trap on the red one. Cool. Uh, that I think would be a sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19. Yeah. Okay. Disable. I'm going to pick the lock. Cool. You're a thief. You can do that. Uh, you open it. There is nothing inside. All right. Let's go to the blue one. Cool. Uh, 19 again. Okay. You disable it. Pick the lock. Pick the lock. Uh, there is nothing inside. Open the yellow one. <laughs> there is a brass key. Uh, there's the key. Please proceed to the next chamber. And there is an archway with a portcullis with a uh, keyhole in it. Put the key in the keyhole. Okay. You take two piercing damage from a small dart that was on the trap on the door. Damn it. What a terrible <laughs> thief. <laughs> <laughs> Always be on your guard. It's been a long night, man. It's okay. <laughs> it has been. I'm just anxious to get through it. Yeah. Um, okay. You come to the, to the second room and you see, uh, again, three pedestals. Each has three stones on them um, and attached to the stone, they're very small stones, and attached to the stones are humanoid figures made of like paper mache, not paper mache, like um, crepe paper. Um, and you can actually see these things are like hollow and they're very light and they're sort of swaying uh, in the breeze um, of the broom. And uh, as they do, it's enough force that these stones are kind of wobbling, like they could very easily fall off of these pedestals. Uh, it says, for this task, you must steal coin purses. Wait, how did I have this engineered? Really? Oh yeah, okay. Each each figure has a coin purse hanging off of like its its waist part. So basically, uh, you have to uh, steal the coin purses from each of these figures uh, without knocking the stones that they're attached to off of the pedestal. So basically, you need to make a good steal on three figures. Oh, that'd be easy. Please. In uh, the sake of time, can I just roll three d20s? Yeah, sure. All right. I like the idea that like six of us are just standing watching Giblin do all this work. I'm actually wondering, like, what happens if, if we fail? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Uh, so that's two twenty fours and one sixteen. Yeah, yeah. You you do it beautifully. Um, yeah, you you handily remove these things, um, and the uh, portcullis at the other end of the room opens. Like as Suka is saying, what happens if we fail? Pimmons like, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. For the third test, you walk in um, and you see a, uh, a large, much larger, uh, more complicated room. Uh, Hemo, why don't you roll nature to see if you know what sort of creature you're looking at across the room? Right. I rolled a 21. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you see a beholder <gasps> or, or what seems to be a beholder, but it looks like, like it's fake. It looks like a taxidermied beholder is what it looks like. Okay. And uh, you guys are standing on like a sort of raised semicircular platform with two sets of stairs going down. And then each of these rectangles represents uh, sort of uh, standing stones, not like the mystical sort, just like sort of obstacles. Think like a laser tag arena, basically, just like big chunky obstacles. Um, And from your vantage point, you can see uh, that there are two pedestals here, one here and one here. Um, and there is a uh, large red coin purse on this one, and this one is empty. Um, and the beholder seems to be still, and you hear the crow's voice say, for this challenge, you will have to navigate the obstacles to move the red coin purse from one pedestal to the... And then the voice kind of cuts off, and it says, upper floor security engaged. 
Master difficulty selected. So, and then like from the ceiling, you hear like a mechanical sound and then this like silvery reflective, like metallic goo comes out of some sort of valve in the ceiling and slides down and coats every inch of every surface in this room with basically a mirror uh, substance. And so the whole room is like this, like you're inside a disco ball or something. And you can see the beholder's face in almost every surface of this room. Uh, and it says, uh, test begin. And the beholder animates, roll initiative. I rolled one. Oh no. Magnus got a 13. 17 for me. 12. Oh, I actually rolled a 20. Sorry, I forgot to add my plus three. It was a 20 for me. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, and uh, Hemo, from your roll, you would know that uh, beholders do a lot of nasty things, uh, but one thing they are famous for is uh, shooting rays of petrifying energy out of their uh, their main eye, kind of like okay. a, a Medusa kind of situation. You guys are all on this platform. Uh, Hemo, you are up. Okay. Uh, this this reflective material uh, is it something that, would, that I could crack? You could certainly try. I'll uh, I'm gonna shoot an arrow uh, at one of the reflective services, uh, one I'm not going to miss, uh, okay. just to crack it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're just aiming at a wall, we can just say you hit it. Yeah. So um, it your arrow uh, lodges in the wall, um, and the goo seems to sort of like absorb, not absorb it, but like move around it. Like like a putty. Yeah. Like a putty. Uh, not like a Power Rangers putty, like silly putty. The arrow can still be there, so we know if we see an arrow that it's not the real image, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm having brilliant ideas, so I'll, I'm just going to stop with Pat uh, and point out to like the, the party that we can at least mark the surfaces to help reduce confusion. Cool. Alfred. I'm going to head down the stairs, mm-hmm. and I'm going to head for what I think is like uh, in the direction of the red purse. Okay. Like to the best of my ability. Yeah. I think from, like, having just had this vantage point, I think you can definitely get one move where you're, like, not having to fight that confusion. Okay. Cool. Any other actions? No. All right. Magnus. Okay. Um, I want to go down the other staircase and basically mirror <laughs> what... Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and, like, are those high like high enough that I can duck behind it? Yeah, I'd say, they, I'd say they're, like, five feet tall. Okay. I'm going to crouch down behind it. Uh, lean out to the side, and I'm gonna cast Eldritch Blast on the wall to the left of the Beholder. Again, seeing what Hemo did with his arrow, trying to like, like damage that wall. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't know where the back wall is. Um, yeah, since you're shooting through some stuff, go ahead and roll an attack roll. Okay. For accuracy. Uh, that would be a 19. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, you, you hit the wall, the reflective goo kind of splashes outward, um, and then sort of reconvenes to form a solid surface. All right. Uh, so I'm going to call back to the party. Uh, magical attacks don't work. They don't mark the walls. Cool. I'm going to go straight forward, climb up on top of the barrier in front of me, and I'm going to just fire at the beholder thing. Mm-hmm. Crossbow. Cool. really wish I had prepared Shield of Faith. I know. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Next time. I'm going to guess that a 12 doesn't get me much. It does not. Um, but I would say uh, that an arrow lodges like somewhere like here or so. Uh, so you got a, a point of reference there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pimlin. I want to sneak towards where Magnus went. Okay. How, how big are these barriers? 
How uh, tall are they? Yeah, they're like five feet high uh, and maybe four feet wide. Oh, okay. So you can you can easily hide behind. Okay. I think that's all I'm gonna do for the moment. Okay. Cool. Suka. Um, I would like to go down the stairs, and I would like to head in Palfrey's direction, but I would like to crawl. Like I want to get as close to the floor as possible. Okay. Cool. You can do that. I'd say you can't. If you're crawling, you can't get all the way to where Palfrey is, but you can get most of the way. Okay. Cool. And that's everybody. So the beholder is going to shoot a ray out of its eyeball, bouncing off, off here, and at Hemo. I want to see the trigonometry for this. (laughs) 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 Um, And it is just going to miss, but. yeah, so like this ray uh, hits like the mirrored goo behind you on the wall, and a like two foot diameter like circle of it slowly turns into stone um, okay. and remains as like a disc on the wall. Okay. Cool. And we'll call it there, but that's what y- y'all are into. Okay. Oh, no. Chris will be back for this next time. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody good for next week, you think? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, until then, I guess. All right. Thanks, Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.